Combination of what we got. Oh, Jesus. Competitors on the left. As I am, together we cry. I'm gonna tell you how like weird it was taking my kids to a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. I would imagine. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. It's Draft Politics today here from lovely Maplewood Brewery. It's EJ. And with me, as always, it's Steve. Whoa. Let's try that again. It's Steve. Uh, uh, <laughs> I assure uh, you, it's normal, Steve. It's, it's not. It's not some kind of AI representation of yes, Steve. Yes, yes. Well, and so, funny you should mention that, but uh, we decided, or I decided, that I was feeling a little lazy today with our outline, and so I tried to get ChatGPT to put together. And so I described to it what I was looking for. And let me let me read to read that to you. I need an outline for a one-hour podcast that discusses the politics of the day for the U.S., Illinois, and Chicago. The podcast is somewhat humorous and is very much from a left liberal perspective. The podcast takes place in a tap room in Chicago, and so the should the show should include two breaks to talk about beer. So I massaged it a little bit, and so that's what we have. And. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to start off with, first, this is the introduction segment. Uh, it gave <laughs> us five minutes to complete this task. Wow. Uh, five so we minutes. Are, we're to welcome in listeners. Uh, hey, so welcome. So welcome. Uh, introduce hosts. I think we've done that. Check. Yes. Okay. And give a brief overview of today's episode topics. Uh, we kind of did that. I mean, but we're going to talk about, talk a, about a lot of the things that we're going to talk about are the 4,000 Republicans running for president. We're going to talk true. about the debt ceiling. We didn't have a fiscal cliff. Yay. That's uh, always we're nice. Gonna, we're going to talk about Cop City, which we know and love. We are going to veer off into the international. And as a poor prompt engineer, you didn't talk. I did not talk about, about the international. That. That's right. Uh, and we'll talk about Ukraine and the war crimes going on there. Um, and we'll move into Chicago, talk a little bit about Brandon Johnson, the newest class of uh, police officers there and some of the things that are going on. So those are the topics that we're yeah. going to talk about. And we're already two minutes ahead of schedule. All right. Fantastic. So we've got 15 minutes to talk about national politics. 15 minutes in segment one of national in segment politics. one of national politics. And then there's another segment of national politics because it gave me a segment on Illinois politics and it was kind of lame. So I just said, give me more national and said, OK, fine. It was kind of terrible. So yeah, anyhow, so. Uh, so we start off with uh, two bullet points related to the uh, goat rodeo that is coming up uh, this election. Uh, discuss Pence's announcement for a 2024 White House run. And Metro. we're by the Metro tracks today, so there yeah, you go. Yeah, we are. Uh, and then from there, we're supposed to talk about Chris Christie's 2024 campaign and his sharp attacks on Trump. Sharp. 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 <laughs> uh, so... so so look, we're here. It is June of 2023, and there are 10 Republicans who have already announced that they're going to run for president. Yeah. And they range in viability from he who shall not be named, I mean, to the governor of North Dakota. Whose name nobody knows. I don't even know. But he's rich. Probably. So. 
I, you know, and and now today, in the last couple of days, Chris Christie and Mike Pence have announced their candidacy. It is, it is an amazingly, and you're gonna not believe that I use this word, diverse field of Republicans. <laughs> I mean, for a Republican campaign, I suppose. Right. You have you have sort of the fascist-leaning Republicans all the way through to sort of classic Republicanism. Right. Like yes. Mike Pence's like, whole— Like, not openly fascist, just kind well, of no, fascist. No, but Mike Pence's whole thing is like, before God and my family, I will run for president. Oh, okay. Okay, so, okay, so Judeo-Christian fascist. Cool. <laughs> I mean, well, not even Judeo, just I mean, Christian fascists. But it, but it, <laughs> yeah. really was, you know, sort of traditional Republican values and attacks all the way through to DeSantis, who's like, we've got to get rid of everybody who's not me? Pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it is pretty crazy there right now. And we know that, you know, in 2016... It was the same kind of clown car. Do you remember how many people ran in 2016? Uh, a dozen? Wait, wait. There, there, there were like two stages. That was like the whole like, yeah, so it had to be like 18, 20 maybe. I mean, it was. It was, it, it was excessive. I know that. It was excessive. And that is exactly, you know. Well, and, and part of it is this, there's an easy sort of vanity approach to this where it's just like, well, you're going to get on the stage. You're going to get on TV. You know, it's like you may not be a viable candidate in any way, shape, or form, but, hey, you can get your name out there. And so a bunch of people run just purely for that. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you right now. Name yes. six people running for president on the Republican side. Uh, and you can have the gimmies. Well, okay. So we got Trump and DeSantis. That's easy. Sure, we got two. Christie and yeah. uh, Pence. So that's yeah. four. Yeah. Um, there's the guy from North Dakota whose name I do not remember. There's uh, It's Doug Burgum. Doug Burgum. There's uh, Tim somebody. Am I right? Tim somebody? <laughs> Maybe a Tim Scott. Tim Scott. That's what I was South thinking. I was, like, I was about to say Tim Ryan, and I knew that was wrong. I'm like, Tim something. See what I mean? All right. So um, that's that's what? That's, that's six-ish. <laughs> I mean, given how bad I am with names, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that I'm, like, particularly struck by. Uh You've totally missed Nikki Haley. Oh, uh, Nikki Haley, yes. Who was well, an early right. announcer, right? That's, that's all right. So all the Republican voters. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, Zing. You forgot Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, yes. That's, that's, a, right? like, that's a fascinating I, one. This, um, is, this is an amazing collection of idiots. of horribleness. Right? Um, I mean, I think, I, and I think, like, Glenn Youngkin is still going to run. Governor of Virginia. Yes, yes. The Commonwealth, so. Yes. Commonwealth of Virginia. So, of those candidates, who do you think has a realistic shot of winning this? Only Trump. Only Trump. Unless With he unless he gets a, thrown in jail, and even then I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think happens if Trump is somehow not allowed to run? I don't I don't know what if role that some, happens. If for some reason he is not running or he's so crippled by what's going on that he's not really getting much support, it's open season. Um, I don't think DeSantis is actually that strong of a candidate. I no, think that, like, like he he seems like he fits this. Uh, he fits a mold of a candidate the media wants to be. But what happens? Because it's like he's very very conservative and 
causing lots of problems and and but it's like he doesn't he's listen to his voice this is not a man who is going to win the presidency. No. <laughs> Put him on a stage and have him talk for 30 minutes. Not going to work out for him. <laughs> well, and and here's the other thing and I'll I'll I will uh, I will do a little not both sidesism here, but you know, the only reason DeSantis actually feels viable to anybody is because the Republican legislature in Florida does whatever he wants them to right. do. Right. So he looks and effective. And so he seems effective. Right. And and one could say the same thing about maybe Pritzker in Illinois, right? Because we have a, you know, we have a completely democratic, democratic uh, legislature. He can kind of almost do whatever he wants. Not quite because... You know, you get that sort of specter of effectiveness when everybody is totally aligned. Right. No, I would argue there are some big differences there, but <laughs> some, some slight differences. Slight differences. Um, I actually, you know, I think if there's no Trump, it's. I think Mike Pence has a real shot. Uh, uh, I don't nope. like Mike Pence either. Nope. I think Chris Christie has a real shot. He may eat. The he rest of the was candidates. too friendly with Obama, so that's not going to work out. No, I think that's why it works out. Oh yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Um, I think uh, the, what's his name, Rama, uh, Ramaswamy. I think he's. I think he might have the. I think he's going to come out of nowhere. You think yeah, out of nowhere? I think so. Okay. To be clear, I'm saying that on the assumption that Trump doesn't somehow. Yeah, get and in we'll there, talk which, a little bit about which is just what's going to happen. The roadblocks for Trump later, but. You yeah. know, in the clown car that is the Republican nomination. I mean, I, they've also said they don't want to do debates, so I don't know if they're what. Are, what are they going to do? No idea. <laughs> what are they going to no do? No idea. Um, um, they'll I, all pr- just have a post off on Truth Social. Oh, this is a thing that I find interesting about. It, is like. It's like the candidates are each having their own social media network. So like Trump has Truth Social and DeSantis has Twitter and. Uh, I, I assume the other ones have their own social yeah, media Yeah, MySpace. Networks, but. Uh, <laughs> Tim one of, on one of them's digging up Prodigy from the grave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. His, you can find him on Prodigy, Prodigy? Prodigy at 806-546281. That's more CompuServe, isn't it? Oh, maybe that was CompuServe. I forget. So uh, that was one thing that we actually probably should have mentioned was Ron DeSantis launched his campaign on Twitter. Poorly. Oh, my God. Um, and here's here's my favorite part of that is apparently like a lot of the glitches were because uh, Twitter stopped paying their bill for Redis. I think it was like there's a cloud. It was like a cloud Redis service okay. that, they, that Twitter had been running all uh, their. Ladies and gentlemen, Redis is a very it's a it's a specific kind of product that yes. cloud service. Well, that applications use to cache information. Yes. So Redis is a caching component that you plug into your application. Right. So, you know, so dealing with high volumes of traffic and da, da, da. So that's what you want to do. Well, apparently they stopped paying the bill on that. And so, and now Red, the, the, and it's not Redis itself. It's like a company that hosts Redis, right? And so, but that company has been dialing down their the throttles on this because they still wanted to get paid. They still wanted Twitter's business. They didn't want to completely cut them off. 
But <laughs> but once it got the slam of traffic for DeSantis's uh, announcement, uh, it all fell apart very quickly. Well, and also, they gave some random dude admin privileges to the space. Yeah. So just some guy who had a similar name, I guess, to somebody who was important. <laughs> and so he was able to just go in and kick everybody out. He was just... Yeah. He was just yeah. in there playing Space Invaders, just like, <laughs> boop, 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 <laughs> just crushing people. I mean, beautiful. Feels more Missile Command to me, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, no, I think that's good. Missile Command is the right call. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So Anybody that, running against uh, Joe Biden? Well, uh, yeah. So we've got uh, a couple of people running the Democratic primary. So we've got uh, Robert Kennedy. Um, who you may know from his anti-vax views, and he's he's somebody who I think like was at one point of a, a, a good voice for a, a lot of things around you know poverty and, and things like that. But he's kind of he's gone off the rails quite a bit, and but you know he's running within the Democratic Party, you know, in the primary. Like fine, and, you know, if you want to run, cool. Let's have the competition. Uh, you got Marianne Williamson, who you may remember from uh, the past uh, election. Uh, running uh, in there as well as the crack primary. No, now, to remember from the 2016 election. 2016. Right. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's uh-huh. right. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder who's paying her bills. Mm. Well, so those are both in the Democratic primary, so that's okay, that's fine. And then today I find out that apparently Cornell West is running for president. And I don't know that a lot of people know who Cornell West yeah, is. Yeah, and and I don't know how many people do. If you're if you're, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who Cornell West is. But, um, but you know, it was very connected to the Bernie campaign. Uh, very, um, I think a very strong like, uh, truth to power kind of person. Um, I mean, I like him quite a bit. And I like a lot of what he has said, but him. So here's the thing. He's running for president as an independent, and he's running in the People's Party, which if you've not heard of the People's Party, that's because they almost don't exist. <laughs> and so it's kind of a, well, is this just a, a, a flight of fancy and it doesn't really go anywhere, or does this get to the yeah. point of, I mean, I think the thing we have to keep in mind is this. The difference between Trump as president and Biden as president is like, a few tens of thousands thousand of votes. votes. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is not a very wide margin. And so, if we have an independent candidate who registers in the wrong state and gets any support whatsoever, we're in a very bad position for for this election. And so that's like, and and so like, if I was a rich conservative asshole, I would be putting my money to help make sure I, that I mean, I mean anybody right. who's running on his independent with more leftist vibe is getting on the ballot. Well, and that's the, that's the irony of the arguments about on the right about Biden, about him being a leftist, that it's very easy to find people who are further to the left. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's not a challenge. Very easy. And they will pull people away. And that's, you know, and actually if we kind of switch gears into the debt ceiling, you'll see. Oh wait, hang on, hang on, hold on. Hold on. Somebody before else you do just that, announced before for you do that, let me let me. Did you let me just go file your paperwork? No, no, no. To run Hold on. I've got, to, I've got to check our uh, our, oh, yeah, our, our uh, 
our rules here because we got our outline from ChatGPT once again. So let's discuss let's the implications of the GOP hardliners' revolt and their derailment of okay. McCarthy's right, agenda cool. over the. We can talk about that next. That is, that is bullet point number three. We covered bullet points one and two. My, are we uh, still within our fifteen-minute window? Yeah, my uh, uh, probably not. We're our gonna, computer we're gonna, overlords. We're gonna let it slide. Or actually, do we do our beer break now and then come back? Well, no, we're out of order. Then we got to finish this. No, we got to. We got to yeah, do it in order. Gotta, all right, it's all right. Gotta be, yeah. Go. So yes. Debt ceiling. <laughs> Debt ceiling. We didn't blow it up. Cool. We get two minutes back from train breaks. That's true. Reclaiming our time. We're, this is penalty time, everybody, or, or injury time. Whatever injury time. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, Thank you, Ted the United States has not gone into default. I, you know, So we've just had the whole made-up drama about the debt ceiling, which is which is very funny to me because it's so clear that first of all nobody was going to let it not pass yeah. second of all we weren't even nearly as close as we were in fiscal cliff year do you remember fiscal cliff in 2011 remember that fiscal cliff no. clavin no i don't remind me i saw well, you, you see this happened one time before and to get the debt ceiling passed, there was this huge compromise thing that said, if we don't do these 96,000 things, then we're going to have all these severe spending cuts. And it was just a... Oh, is this sequestration and all that? It was. Oh, fantastic. And you know what? None of those things happened on either side. None of the targets that they set happened. And also, none of the spending cuts happened. Well, this is the thing. It's like, the, the whole problem with the debt ceiling is that it's it's... Adding a, a unnecessary element of danger to these negotiations. Because it's like, look, the reality is is that everybody wants to spend the money. Like, people might talk about the debt ceiling or talk about the debt as though it's a real concern for them. But they don't actually care about it. Right. <laughs> so it's all kind of dumb. And But every time they do it, it puts the whole economy at risk. Just merely getting close is bad. But if it actually broke, it would be extra bad. And yeah. not to mention the fact that, like, I feel like every time we flirt with this, it gets that much more likely that the next time yeah. we'll do it because people are like, well, it's not a big deal. We do this all the time. Just like what we did, you know, when we're perfectly happy to shut the government down, which is almost like de rigueur as long as there's not, you know, three houses aligned or whatever. Three, three houses. Two houses and one uh, executive aligned is what <laughs> I meant. Well... I think that you're right that it's it's kind of been normalized a little bit. And the yeah. other thing is people don't really understand what the debt limit is. Right? right. Like they don't get that it's really about paying the bills that we've already spent. Right. And so, you know, the first two years of Biden's presidency, the debt ceiling wasn't about Biden's spending. It was about Trump's spending. Right. And, you know, now it's all performative about budget, you know, cuts to spending and keeping things even. And I guess the Congressional Budget Office, you know, said, oh, yeah, I guess uh, uh, the things in here will save one trillion dollars over 10 years, which sounds like a lot of money until you realize that with the spending also that's allowed in there, the 
debt would increase by twenty trillion well, in that same time. And, and this is the thing: is like you you can't tell me you care about the debt when you're like, well, we want to cut funding for the IRS, who would bring in more revenue yeah. by going after wealthy tax cheats. Um, you know, it's just like none of what they say correlates to the reality of any sure. of this. Oh, oh, you care about the debt, but you're not willing to talk at all about the military and you're increasing spending on the military. Like, you can't, that's like the single largest expenditure our government has. Yeah. There's no debt ceiling for the military industrial complex. Right? Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, the other couple things in there that are sure to piss off everybody. Um, one, uh, there's a provision in there that says, I guess three things, uh, that there's uh, going to be ex uh, expedited permitting for a natural gas pipeline through West Virginia. Yeah, that's great. A few Joe Manchin. Uh, second, um, codifying into law uh, that student debt, you know, student loans will have to start being repaid again at the end of the summer. That was the plan. So it was going to be six months after the national emergency around COVID was yeah. ended. Uh, but now it's codified into law. And then a, a slight tweak to the work requirements for SNAP benefits. Yeah. Um, and and it, and it felt like, and I think the adjustments on SNAP, it was largely a, a push because it gave benefits to more people, but then, but then, exp but then like changed the requirements for based on age for something. So it's like, yeah. it ends up being about the same. But, but if you are trying to win the messaging war here, it's very easy to get those small, really, I mean, it, insignificant concessions from a right. from a fiscal policy standpoint. But, but it, to be able to take that and then push it to that same group of people who, you know, we're going to see targeted by candidates like Cornell West. So the goal there isn't about the budget. The goal is about building a anti-progressive talk track yeah. against Joe Biden. Yeah. Because Joe, Joe Biden, Biden won this. based Joe on... Biden, you know, Joe Biden raised the eligibility age on SNAP benefits to... Exactly. Da -da 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 -da, you know, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I mean, yeah, and that's... And I think that's what's... As much as, like, it's been portrayed as a net win for like Biden schooled McCarthy or whatever like no like he they never had to negotiate on this because nobody really wanted to blow up the debt right. ceiling and they could have held their ground and they chose not to and ended up making some cuts that they probably didn't need to so and all of that will be brought up in the election just to sort of undermine just a little bit of Biden's support and it doesn't take much. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Is, a you hockey know, stadium's worth of people. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, so that's, uh, I think we're caught up on our national politics segment number one. We're a little over time, but that's okay. Time for our beer break, I believe. I think it is time for a beer All break. Right. So Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at... I don't have beer. I gotta get beer oh. before we have a beer break. What do you hell do you do? Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at a point where somebody needs to go get beer. That's right. So we're gonna do that and be right back.
All right, everybody. We have our beers. Now we're back to the so breaking So now we can beers. have a proper beer break. So yeah. tell us, EJ, where the hell are we? We're at Maplewood Brewery, which is in something. Now, I'm, I'm going to take credit for this. There are three breweries that are down here in the Avondale area of Chicago. Um, so we're talking about Diversity Ave, if you're familiar. Right around, you know, between the river and the freeway, you've got Maplewood. You have Ravinia. You have Metropolitan, if you're a longtime listener to the podcast. You'll have heard us at those other places and me talking about it. But recently they've branded it the Beer Triangle, which I said over a year ago. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna cling to that. So we're at we're at as, as a near resident of Malt Row, I have to object to this. Uh, no, no. So we're at, we're at Maplewood. <laughs> it's a brewery and distillery. It's right by the the train tracks and freeway and diversity. It's a great little tiny spot. Like it's in a dead end. People don't know it's here. Um, and I I will honestly say I've never had a Maplewood beer that I didn't think was pretty banging yeah yeah for sure i mean and you know if you've listened to this before you'll know i'm not much of an ipa guy but like their son of juice is quite drinkable uh excuse me that's become our kind of my go-to for like party supplies because it's a very good hazy ipa so people drink that and if there's leftovers i'm not going to be like Ugh. oh boy take one for the team exactly um so today i started with the highs and mids which is a double dry hopped IPA that they've got going. Uh, I had it first at Hop Leaf, um, and again, if you're in the Chicago area and you want to go to a bar beer bar, Hop Leaf is the best beer bar in Chicago. No argument. Uh, it's amazing. It's up. Uh, it's up in the Andersonville neighborhood. It's just like Foster and Clark. Um, it's beautiful. There are no TVs. They change the beer menu every week. They've got beers from around the country and around the world. Um, amazing stuff. Uh, I had the highs and mids up there the first time. I thought it was great. I had it down here, sitting outside in the beautiful Chicago early summer. Just crisp, smooth, fruity, beautiful, beautiful beer. Yeah, yeah. What are you on today? Uh, so what did I have? I had the What's Old is New, which is their alt beer, and I'm currently drinking their Hell's Lager, which I don't know what it's called, but it is their Hell's Lager. I forget the name of it. Um, EJ looks like he's trying to figure it out. He'll get trying there eventually. Trying to remember. Yeah, I'll get but there But anyhow, uh, both are delicious. Um, I think I like the alt beer a little better than the lager, but um, yeah. I'm still enjoying my beer. Uh, I mean... It is hard for you, especially, to come to another brewery that's not Dovetail and <laughs> drink a lager. Because that's true. The Dovetail lager, I do believe, is the best lager in Chicago. Yeah, and I've definitely become like like lagers have really become my go-to. Like I feel like it's just like it's just such a nice, like clean taste, mm -hmm. and um, you know, sort of thing I can drink for you know a good long time and and be pretty happy. Yeah, like six um, seven minutes. I mean, yeah. it's, it's great. And it's like I used to drink a lot of like you know. 14% stout kind of things and I've I've increasingly been just like it's just so much. It's, it's just, just like so much. I'm drinking maple syrup that tastes like chocolate but and not alcohol. maplewood syrup. Right. But not maplewood syrup. No, right. and I, I I'm I'm with you. I think the the uh so maplewood also has the Pulaski Pilsner. Yes. Which is quite good. Yeah. I think it's really a good summer staple here in Chicago. Yep, Can't yep, yep. recommend it highly enough. Um honestly I recommend anybody to anybody who likes beer to come to Maplewood 
and also because their distillery is quite good. And so, like, they have a couple of different gins that are really nice, uh, including, like, this this sort of piney botanical gin that I make for, with gin and tonics all the time. Yeah. Uh, really goes well in an aviation. Um, I, you know, these, these folks do good work in a tiny, unassuming place uh, here at the end of Maplewood Ave, uh, just south of Diversity, as I said. And I've got to tell you, there is a house that was just built immediately next door. And I'm going to check my couch cushions when I get home to see if I can afford it. Because yeah, this would be a heck of a place <laughs> to live. Um, for sure. Uh, and I'm just going to checking our, our notes here for the beer break number one. Uh, we're probably slightly over the five-minute mark here. But uh, I thought it was a, we should bring up. The, it, talked, it said, talk about the return of the Friday Night Flights event in Chicago. Um, I never really honestly heard of it uh, as an event. Uh, didn't know it returned, except for I happened to be by Wrigley Field on Friday, and there was a bunch of tents set up. And I'm like, what, what are the, these tents set up for? And there was a bunch of people standing around. I'm like, this looks like a beer fest. Sure enough, that's exactly what it was, like in that, like, uh, Gallagher Way. Gallagher Way there. Right. Right so there, just so. outside of Wrigley, there's so. sponsored by Gallagher Risk and Insurance Corporation. Right, so think about insurance and then drink beer until you're ready to take some risks that maybe the insurance company is not signing off on, so... Yeah, so uh, yeah. So I did not Friday. attend it, but I saw it. and I was like, "Huh, that's something to keep on my radar because that looks like a lovely evening." It does. It does look like it. You know, I've been to. A, I've I've seen concerts at Gallagher Way, in that little yeah. that little space it's a there. Cool space. And they're one of my clients. I wonder if I can get them to give me some tickets to the Friday night flights. There you go. There you go. All right, listeners. I'm gonna work on that. If I get two tickets, it's me and Steve. If I get three, one of our lucky listeners. Call in right now. Call number right three. Now. <laughs> Caller number three. <laughs> Caller number any is going to get in. Do we have a phone? Probably no, not. Okay, anyhow. We don't own a phone anymore. Uh, so that takes us to segment two, right. National Politics Continued. We have another 15 minutes on the clock, which we're and way on the clock go. at this point. So I want to talk about Cop City. Oh, yes. Talk about Cop City, which is not on this list. So we're just going to talk about it anyhow. Probably censorship. So Cop City is a... Uh, training facility uh, that has been planned and proposed outside of Atlanta uh, for quite some time. And if you've been paying attention, there have been protests for a long time. Yeah. So this is uh, essentially clear-cutting a forest out, you know, adjacent to a, a predominantly African-American neighborhood in Atlanta to build a police training facility. Yeah. Including bomb disposal and and it's and it's basically the intention is to simulate an urban environment, and a lot of the concern around this is, you know, basically training police on how to suppress po protesters and things like that. The basically the things that they have to deal with after they've up, <laughs> and uh, so there's. You know, kind of like, what is the intention of this and where is the going with the, what the training's about? But there's also the, the cost. It's the city just approved $60 million for this. So it's $30 million up front, and then they pay back another organization that's doing fundraising over 30 years. But basically, it ends up being about $60 million. Like, so, like, what could you be spending $60 million on? that would be improving the community and and fighting the the actual like roots of crime and reducing the need for policing rather right. than just finding another new way to 
train well, police to crack down on people. Well, and a big part of this, you know, when they kind of lay out the financial plan and the, the rationale for it is that they'll bring police in from other places to train them in this center. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, from an environmental standpoint, it's very bad. Right? Yeah. You know, from noise pollution, of course, black, This is not really the time to be wiping right? out a bunch of trees for right. no reason. <laughs> wiping out the trees. There's a river that would probably be polluted. I mean, all of those things kind of wrap up into a, why the hell would you do this? Right. Um, and last, you know, last summer, uh, the protests have been, you know, primarily peaceful uh, with some exceptions. But, you know, people camping out in the forest, camping out in the fields, kind of, you know, occupation kind of protest. Um, there was, a, you know, a special tactics force that came in and, and essentially murdered a guy in his tent. Yeah. Um, they've been using... You know, they've been trying to prosecute the people involved in this as terrorists. I mean, it's all kinds of ridiculous well, fascist right. crap. So there was a a group that was set up to raise money to pay for bail for yes. people who are arrested for peacefully protesting. Yes. And bail funds are a very, like, common thing. Like, these, you know, and so that's not an unusual thing to see. No. But the people who organized that were arrested for money laundering. Right. Right. Now, right. does that hold up? Does that hold up in court? Doesn't well, matter. maybe, maybe not. It's not the it, point. it already like you know now it costs the money. It delays things. Causes you know, yeah. it's 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 the it's cruelty grotesque. is the point. Yes, exactly. Um, so that just passed the Atlanta City Council. Yes, in the last few days, um, they're going to continue to be protests. Um, maybe stopping it. Maybe not. Um, it's a long build. Uh, well, and that's the thing that's interesting from a protest perspective is, like, it's going to be a long time to construct it. So there's a lot of opportunity to throw some, gr you know, dirt in the wheels or whatever. And, and also vote Sand out in the, the people gears. That's voted. the word I was going for. Also vote out the people who voted for it 100%. in the city council. 100%. Yep, yep. Um, we should also talk about New York under a red sky. Yes. I know this is very near to your heart for some reason because you're a big fan of forest fires. Yes, I'm a big fan of for what? <laughs> Renowned for fire, forest fire celebrity, <laughs> Steve Stearns. Like, no. Uh, Everybody's got to have a thing. Yes, I'm very happy that we have clear skies here because the wind doesn't happen to be blowing this direction. Uh, you know, and we've had, you know, wildfires in Canada blow smoke over Chicago before. You know, not, not like what we're seeing in New York right now. Like, New York is like scary apocalypse yeah you should right see now. pictures in new york and we've done another podcast there was one previously where we were talking about california it was the same thing it was red skies all day yep. uh, i was talking about a friend of mine had pictures from um uh just south of san francisco and it was i mean it was truly apocalyptic yeah it looked like the blood moon in uh zelda tears of the kingdom Right. Which also came out since our last podcast, yes. which is why we actually don't have a, yes. an outline. It is the game I am not playing that everybody else is playing. Anyway, so, <laughs> so, so if you're thinking about going to New York, it's pretty brutal there right now. All right. So we, we did not get Cop City in our, in our official list here. So uh, we had to cover that. But I want to go through and make sure we've covered all the bases for the national segment yeah. part two. For which we have 15 minutes, which we already burned through. Um, 
So discuss the political business and sporting realities presented by Golf's new Saudi deal. Pass. Don't care. Don't care. Rich people doing rich things. Whatever. Uh, talk about the ongoing Trump classified documents probe and the involvement of a second grand jury in Florida. This is very important, and we should talk about yes. this. So thank God Trump GPT or Trump GPT. Trump wow. GPT. How is that not a thing yet? Chat <laughs> GPT. Okay, well, that's what I'm going to do in my spare time now. So, so look, we've we've talked a, a great deal previously about the varying and uh, diverse legal troubles that the previous president is in and yes. you know part of that has been things related to documents and Mar-a-Lago I, you know I mean we talk about it as Mar-a-Lago because that's where the FBI search warrant was ex- executed but it really expands much further than that and so what what we're learning in the, in the previous few days is that uh, Trump's attorneys went to the Justice Department, and, and I didn't know this was a thing until now. Uh, but evidently, it's a thing. When you think that your client is about to be indicted, you go to the Justice Department and you kind of say, "Please don't." Right. Here's why you shouldn't. <laughs> can, can Can he not? <laughs> yeah. If you could just not indict him, and you know they'll bring legal rationale or whatever for that, but. It turned out there were two separate meetings. Yes. One with Jack Smith, the you know special prosecutor who's on his own. Yes. Right, who's completely independent. And one with somebody directly at the Department of Justice who's who's not a special prosecutor. And what that means in the end is that there are actually two different threads, federal threads, being run at the same time in yes. parallel. One... Uh, and, and this is probably jurisdictional as well. So one to say, look, there are crimes that would need to be indicted in the District of Columbia, where all of the crimes sort of around national records would be handled. And there are a second set of crimes that need to be indicted or go before a grand jury in Florida. Yes. Um, and so the Florida folks... It could be Donald Trump. It could be people who work at uh, for the Trump Organization or at Mar-a-Lago yeah. um, who are involved in various and sundry obstructionary techniques or tactics. Um, but it it kind of adds a layer of complexity and probably terror for the people who are under the targets of these investigations. Well, and yeah, and my understanding of it is like it's pretty typical with this kind of situation to... You know, you not that we've had a situation like this ever, but but basically when you're doing something that involves intelligence or the government or whatever, you'll start it in D.C. But then you'll all, but then you kind of as the case develops, you will bring it to a venue that's relevant to the case. Right. So mm-hmm. that takes it to Florida. But they could, you know, really prosecute this in either venue conceivably. Yeah. I, but what I think that says is that there are prosecution memos that are out there and indictments are going to be sought. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds like we are going to have something big happen. Hopefully soon. I don't Uh, know. I'm going to say maybe August 15th is my August 15th. That's that's the day I think. Is that our over under? Yeah. On indictments. That's my call. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the over, I think. Okay. Okay. But if it's like, you know, November, I don't think I won. You know, like, 
Like then it's just like its own thing. Like we're not even. Well, because you you've also got that sort of feeling. You know, you've got the the opposite pressure of the Department of Justice memos that say you shouldn't do something too close to an election. Oh <laughs> me, um, right. And so I think that puts some some forward. Like pressure. let's get this. Yeah, that does make yeah. sense. Um. So that's that. Uh, let's um, see. I, I did want to talk. So the ChatGPT re- recommended that we talk about the appeals court ruling striking down certain Obamacare no-cost preventative care mandates. I don't want to talk about that. Okay. Nor do I want to talk about the federal court uh, overturning, well, the water. Well, then there's the SCOTUS rulings around yeah, the water. Uh, around wetlands. Wetlands are not the same as water, Yeah. according to yeah. SCOTUS. Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, and there was a federal judge in Florida who said that the Florida uh, law uh, essentially preventing any kind of gender-affirming care for minors was unconstitutional. That's a good first step, but the yeah. real battle is yet to come, I guess, in that, that area. Um, but I really want to spend just a little bit of time on the Ukraine because, you know, there's still a war right. going on there. Uh, yeah. We don't talk about it enough. And that's I my think. prompting failure, so I think that that's n- I, does no, not chat GPT's fault. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the uh, the AI overlords. Okay. For this one, Thank so you. Uh, you know we've been we've been hearing a lot and, and seeing a lot about uh, you know a spring offensive uh, from the Ukrainian forces who are really looking to reclaim territory and probably press a, a, a military technology advantage that they have um, and also a command and control advantage they have because most of the Russian forces that have been effective have been. Uh, mercenaries and they're kind of pulling back and the rest is pretty ineffective. Yeah. Um, so that is started with evident breakouts in, in some areas. And then at the same time, it appears that the Russians have bombed the Novakovka, I'm sorry, Kakova dam, um, which is in Eastern Ukraine. And, and the reason I want to bring this up is because this is the breaching of this dam has lots of ramifications from you know, it's a hydroelectric jam. So, you know, losing power to many parts of the country. But, you know, you've heard of the town, the city of Kherson. Um, you know, you've heard about some of the cities around there that the Russians said they won and controlled that are now under, you know, six, eight, ten feet of water. Yeah. Right. This is this is a this is a humanitarian attack. Right. Right. Um, and also. You know, areas of the Ukraine that were producing wheat, uh, you know, producing grains, things that were being, you know, used internally, but also exported around the world. So this is impacting food sources around the world. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It is. And it's not it is not the move that you make when you're in a winning position. That's it is, true. It is, it is very much... Because, I mean, ultimately, if you're in a winning position, you want to have something left when you get there, right? You don't want to yeah. destroy the infrastructure or whatever. And they're clearly moved past that point and are just desperate to try to stop Do losing ground. Distract. Right? Yeah. Um, cruelty is the point. Cruelty is the point. Cruelty um, is the point. You want to talk about Chicago? Let's talk about Chicago politics. We've got segment three now. We have says. 10 minutes to talk about Chicago politics. Uh, discuss the recent swearing-in of Mayor Brandon Johnson. He was sworn in. And his plans for the city. They're big. Including his intention to keep the Bears in Chicago. 
don't care. Well, so the Bears thing is really interesting, right? Because it the is. Bears were like, <laughs> I know we bought this land in Arlington Heights, but yeah, maybe Naperville would be good. So I don't know if you've been paying attention to all the STFU about Chicago stuff, and you're not really from Chicago. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, or, did, we haven't talked about that before. I feel like we should. <laughs> but this is This is more, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go with this. But yes. also, like, do you remember, and I don't know if you saw this, but Fox did... This is uh, so many levels of amazing. Uh, <laughs> okay, so so uh, Fox News did a let's interview people at a diner segment about Brandon Johnson. Like, what do what do people in Chicago think about Brandon Johnson? Okay, first flaw with this: it was in Naperville, not Chicago. Flaw two: the people they interviewed for this weren't We're from Naperville. They were, I don't even know if they were, well, I don't know if they weren't from Naperville, but basically they were invited to appear there. They were from there. Chicago. Okay, they, they were, were from Chicago. to Naperville. Yes, they were brought to Naperville, explicitly interviewed, like invited by Fox News to appear in a diner in Naperville. Why they couldn't have done it in a diner in Chicago? No idea. Under the auspices, you know, there was a there was a different idea. It was like, oh, you're going to go out and talk about these other things. Yeah, yeah. And it was going to be, yeah, I, uh, I can't remember what it was, but like, but the two people they interviewed both had some connection to the losing campaign in this race. <laughs> and so, like, one of them, like, was paid directly by yeah. Vallis's campaign. One of them, like, worked for somebody. I mean, it's like, so they're both connected to Vallis's campaign. So they were, you're interviewing people who worked against Brandon Johnson to get the man-on-the-street opinion in Naperville. <laughs> yeah, so, and if you want to, so if you're not from Chicago and you're like, why is this a thing? I mean, Naperville, what does that mean? So you can you can do two different things. You could, one, you could Google and Google Maps just say Chicago and then hit the minus sign six times <laughs> and look as far left as you can, and there's Naperville. Yes. It'll be – so there's Iowa. Look slightly to the right. Yeah, just, just slightly. And, and Naperville's a – you know what? It's a fine place. I have nothing against Naperville. Uh, they've got a new Gordon Ramsay restaurant. In, in uh, Naperville. I'm sure they do. But but I will tell you, if I'm going to go to Naperville, I plan it for a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is so you, far you away. you need provisions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could die of dysentery <laughs> on the way to Naperville. It's That's so right. far away. It is just ridiculous. It, but it it's just like, it's such a perfectly foxy thing. So, but anyhow, the SDFU Chicago thing is like, like there was a series of like t-shirts and whatever are basically just stopped talking about our city uh, because of like this kind of ridiculousness. Like, you don't live here. We don't give a shit what you think about us. F*** off. <laughs> do, do not. Do not. Um, I, I also think an interesting thing, if you remember during the campaign, people were talking about, uh, well, you know, if Brandon Johnson's elected mayor, a thousand police will quit the first day. Okay. How many quit? Uh, none. Oh, huh. weird. Uh, and so there was also just recently a graduation ceremony from the police academy. Yeah. And Brandon Johnson spoke as he should, and he's like, I've got your pack. And he got a pretty warm reception from the the cadets, the yeah. newly minted police officers. Um I just think that that's notable. Uh, so anyway, the Bears aren't leaving Chicago. It doesn't matter. They're just playing for leverage. Still don't care. 
ChatGPT did recommend one good thing to just touch on here. Yes. Which was, uh, you know, the city council had to approve a change of funding for all of the migrants who are here. Yes. Um, and it's a bad situation, right? Like migrants are yeah, living in police precinct buildings Yeah, and now. what's happened is basically that, you know, the, the pranksters in Texas and Florida and whatever have been putting pushing immigrants into Chicago. They've been transporting them here. Um, and the thing of it is, is like, I'm perfectly fine with having these migrants here, but we don't have, like, none of the infrastructure has been set up to handle this, right? And so it's just yeah. like, so this is what's happening here, is we're putting money into... You know, pr providing the resources we need to help them. I, you know, I've donated to uh, uh, an organization that is trying to help provide those resources, um, and I encourage you to look into it if you can to kind of help with this because it's just like it's really just a matter of like, you know, the 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 the, the pig and the python problem. It's like we've just got a bunch of the, you know, this is all shut yeah. up at once. We got to figure this out, and you know, but you know, it'll all get worked out in the end. But right now, there's a little bit of a crisis around it. Yeah, it, there is, and you know. Uh, they're they're opening up space at like Wright College, um, to to house folks who need housing. There was a um, was a wasn't there like an elementary school that been like that they were converting? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and of course at the same time we've got aldermen, you know, sort of. Uh, yeah, I would say, promoting propaganda that the migrants are spreading TB. <laughs> wasn't it TB? In the police stations, I mean, it is just—I think it was Maldonado, but yeah, it is I'm like, just I'm like, unbelievable. <laughs> it, will, it will not surprise me, whoever it is. So, I, you know, I think Chicago is stepping up. I—it's I, a—it's a hard situation for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I do think that we're doing the best we can, but I think if you have the means to sort of donate to one of the 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 social groups that are trying to help folks out yeah. either with supplies or jobs or um, what have you. Um, well, I think part of the challenge good. is that because of their, they're not fully like if they had green cards and all that, they could do the, like they don't have the work permits. Right. So right. they are in that difficult situation that they can't work. If they could work, it would be a very different scenario. Uh, it was uh, Ray Lopez. Apologies. Okay. okay. Alderman Ray Lopez. All right, so ChatGPT now tells us we need to talk about beer again. Oh uh, no 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 no! Discuss proposed restrictions or ban on second jobs for Chicago aldermen. No, that's never going to happen. I'm in favor of it. I think I'm in favor of it, but it's never going to okay. happen. All right, fair enough. All right, cool. I mean, uh, thank, th thank the you, reality is, <laughs> the the reality is, you know, Chicago aldermen make All about right. one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year, um, and uh, they probably do about twelve hours of work, so they're going to find other jobs. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's just going to happen. Um, it's going to happen. Yeah. So there aren't enough aldermen to, to vote that ordinance in. Probably not. Um, that gets us to beer break number two. ChatGPT prompts us to discuss a specific local craft brewery and one of their beers in more detail. Perhaps choose one of the breweries participating in the Friday Night Flights event. I feel like ChatGPT was, like, paid by the people who run the, the, flight, the uh, Friday Night Flights event, but... Um, I suppose this fine brewery here, Maple, would be a fine place to talk about. I mean, about. we did talk about them. Talk uh, about your beer in more detail. Uh, so this is the Crushinator. This the is Crushinator. a session okay. IPA. All right. Uh, low ABV, 
Really nice, crisp. Again, another thing that I, I, you know what? They all slap, according to the kids. They do, in fact, slap. slap. Um, you know, I will say I've definitely developed more of an interest in the low ABV beers over time. Maybe this just reflects that I'm old. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's just like, it's nice to like, you know, if I'm hanging out for a long period of time, being able to have something that I'm not like, too messed up by the time I'm done. You know, I mean, like, yeah, sure, I go to the festival festival of the blah, 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 Fobab and festival then have a bunch of, of like barrel, barrel aged barrel beers. beers. That's right. And have like, you know, a bunch of 10s and 12s and 14s and be like, whoo. But um, that is the right reaction. Yeah. But so, uh, so yeah. let me tell you this. Yeah. Pipeworks. Yes. That we're not at. We're not at. That we would go to, but you can't really sit around and drink at their brewery. They have a beer called Mini Unicorn. Okay. Which is like 4.2%. Yeah. It's beautifully flavored. They're the ones who make like unicorn versus. Ninja versus unicorn. Ninja versus. Okay. And Blood of the Unicorn. Yeah. yeah. Like some really cool named and great beers. Um, Yeah. Pipeworks makes some some good crushable beers as well. But Crushinator is nice. And the can is very good. Yeah. There's also like there's a brewery, I forget who it is, that makes one that's like just called like Little Buddy. And it's like a half can of beer. And it's like. You know, you just want like a little beer to go with your dinner. You're not looking to get, you know, just want just a little taste of something. It's like like a little four ounce beer or whatever. Like, okay. Or six, probably. It's probably about six ounces. But yeah, six or seven of those would be great. Right. Anyway. <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, we're supposed to thank you all. So thank you, whoever's listening. Oh, we're supposed to talk about what's going to be on the next podcast. And the next podcast uh, is going to be the that, next 12 people to get have no jump idea. into the Republican nomination. Right. Uh, we're probably going to talk a little bit more about Ukraine. We're going to talk about beer. Um, we'll probably talk about why Trump was indicted. Unless I get the over, in which case then we won't talk about Trump getting that's indicted. True. That's true. Right. Maybe we'll talk about uh, uh, Georgia prosecutor Fonnie Willis. Oh, and yeah. And her yeah. RICO case against the former president, several senators, and all of the fake electors in the Georgia GOP. Love it. All and right. Until that point, you know what? Enjoy your local brewery. Uh, support your local Democratic Party, especially if it's in Michigan. Um, who's killing it right now, by oh, the yeah. by. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oppose any anti-trans uh, laws that you see in your state. And uh, all right, don't go on to Twitter or buy a Tesla. Sounds okay. good. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Oh, don't fly to Mars either. I mean, Although Mars Brewery has got a great beer. So drive to Mars. Yeah. No, have Uber drive you to Mars. Drink some beers. Yeah. And then drive you back. Good point. Yeah, good and idea. Then, but don't fly there. No. Too short. Too short. Yeah. Right. Okay. Great rapper. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Stay safe, everybody. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And now, Trump being indicted. We can't be too relaxed, because otherwise we'll pull it apart. There we go. I think we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. Unlike a certain recently... Elected president. No. Who is no longer elected. See, uh, you're confusing the words elected and indicted, which are <laughs> right, very important right. to get straight. Uh, so, uh, welcome to a Draft Politics special... Special edition. Edition. It's emergency edition. and edition. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yes. Special edition. So, we can uh, add all of the indictments together. If you follow us, you may have been listening to the uh, episode and thinking, why haven't they talked about the indictments? Well, that's because we recorded it just before that all happened. Fortunately, we happened to be together, happened to be drinking, 
and there happens to have been some indictments. Yeah. I mean, you have to understand that the, the root of our podcast is comedy. Hopefully you understand that from listening very, to us. And very, so the yes. most important thing yes. in comedy is timing. So it was very comedic when we had our podcast immediately before. Of course we did. Yes. The indictments came out. So yes. it's because my truth so- social account uh, has lapsed. Yes. I didn't see what yes. was happening. So here we are. Um, and it's a it's a strange venue. We always start talking up about the venue and, and sort of talking it up. But today we're in my backyard. Uh, so this is the second backyard podcast we've had. We've had one here and one at Steve's house. Uh, and uh, it was a wine tasting today. Uh, yes. Not beer, but we've switched we've switched to some half acre beer, and we will talk about yes the half acre beer. Yes, we can. Fantastic. Also, the wine was light, delightful too. That's why I'm speaking so clearly and eloquently. Uh, but we'll get to the beer but, and stuff. But but the indi- the indictments the indictments. So it's been a weird week, right? Because Donald Trump is somebody who you know doesn't like to sort of publicize his failures, except when it's criminal failures, right? And then he has to aggressively say, "Well, I'm not a criminal because it's not really a crime, and it's all fake news, and right. et cetera, et cetera." And it's the the crazy people. So uh, there was a a, a Truth Social uh, screed that started that said, "Like I'm being indicted by the whatever fascist Biden Empire, whatever, whatever, whatever it was," with some hints about. Uh, what they call a summons, which is just like the you have to show up in court uh, this coming Tuesday in Miami um, related to these, you know, initially it was seven areas of the law. So it wasn't charges. It was saying if we look at the federal penal code, chuckle, um, there are seven different sections that that the summons is related to. And so, of course, that kicked off a whole series of takes about, oh, what could it be? Is it, and it was, is it, is it only seven indictments? Are there seven, more indictments? What indictments are they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was, you know, things around that we've been hearing the whole time around obstruction of justice, which is kind of his forte. Um, the Espionage Act, which has all kinds of irony wrapped up in it, of course. Um, and, you know, other things around, like, m- making in untrue statements there to, you know, government officials. Um, and then, which is kind of what he always did. Yes, <laughs> and and the whole the whole thing was, and I I didn't think we were going to podcast uh, until we until Tuesday because everybody was saying uh, we're not going to know the details until the actual arraignment. Yeah, but then the details got got leaked or published. Um, it's legal to do it here in the U.S. Un- unlike most of the rest of the world. And it's unclear exactly who leaked them. But yesterday, Friday, we got a Jack Smith sighting. We got the details of the 37 counts yes. against Donald Trump and his butler, Pretty Walt much. Nauda. Yes. Um, and they were, I don't know, st- I, stunning was the word to me. In, and even though yeah. I have only, you know, crazy expectations for the amount of crime uh, that he could he could do i think what it was still uh, more than i expected yeah well and it's like okay and the way it's all structured is there's basically like 30 counts of this specific document this other specific document yes. and then it's seven counts of and the other shit he did to try to cover up the crimes related to those 30 documents yeah and 
it's interesting to read through the the actual like legal filing because each one of those documents has a list of what specific clearances were an issue. Right. And so if you look through them, it'll say like it'll you know say like top secret or confidential, whatever. But then there's somewhere the actual clearance is even redacted because it's a special it's SCI special compartmentalized or information or whatever. Five right. eyes, five eyes, five eyes, five eyes, seventeen eyes. Five Eyes is the consortium of intelligence yes, sharing correct, nations correct. around the world. US, UK, um, or there's there is no foreign is another one yeah. for no you know don't share with foreign governments. But what was interesting the ones that have a re the ones that all had a redacted clearance were all the ones you're like oh shit like the nuclear weapons program of some country or details on a on an attack in some country that happened and like. And it's unclear if it's one that somebody else right. did or something we did, but and and who knows like what the actual details are? Probably Trump, maybe, and whoever he showed it to, I guess. But right, and and the the crazy thing to me, really, the crazy thing. maybe Just two crazy one. things. One is that everything in the indictments is about what has happened since the subpoena to get the documents back. Pretty much. So this isn't saying. You left the the White House, and we asked for these documents back, and now we're you're you're a criminal because you didn't give them back to us right away. They're saying we went through a huge process, eighteen months of trying to get them back. We subpoenaed you, and everything after that. This is only the things that have happened after that, which is why it's in Florida, because all of those crimes happened in the Florida. Yes, and and it is so that's that's crazy thing number one that they're so focused and so specific on it. Crazy thing number two is that they have recordings of all of these things where he's like, this is uh, highly classified and I can't show it to you. Here it is. Yeah. Don't get too close. I can't show this to you. Well, and I didn't declassify this when I was president and now I cannot declassify it because I am no longer president. Right. Also, notably, <laughs> the charges don't matter in terms of classification because basically the Espionage Act, which existed before classification was even a thing. Right. And so he's screwed either way. Yeah. Because they're sharing everywhere. defense. They're, yeah, they're national sharing defense. defense. Yeah, so basically if you share national defense information, I mean, honestly, it's like if he has it in his possession, like, okay, fine. And then they say, hey, can we have it back? If he gives it back, we got well, no fine. problem. It's We're no fine, problem. fine. But, uh, I, and my favorite part of all of this is so he has these boxes of all these uh -huh. documents, right? And and the boxes are stored at Mar-a-Lago, and we all know this. They were in a fucking ballroom, like on a stage, on a stage, where like people like there were the events gold that happened the in the it. white and gold ballroom, which I assume is not the same as the blue and gold ballroom, probably not, because like because yeah. the dress and the, the you know yeah, right, yeah. I got it. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, but like, there's boxes there, and like somebody Four like old meme, and so like somebody know. actually apparently took a selfie. With the boxes, sure. They had to redact not? the person in the photo, but they have the photo of the boxes. Right. So in you, this legal filing, you thought that the ballroom was funnier than the bathroom? Yes. Well, I don't know. Because the bathroom was you know also what? pretty it's funny. It's not that it's funny. The text the shower is funny, but like it was more gobsmacking. Like it was like, oh well, of course, if nobody's using the shower, fine, store documents there, whatever. That's okay, and if you have a problem, you just you know run water over the documents, and they all dissolve or something. I guess uh, they did that with the servers. Oh, that's right, the servers, the videos, that's that's the pool, pool water drained into the yeah. servers. Yeah. But yes, both of those things. I I also I also am in in very much the Alanis Morissette uh, mindset of isn't it ironic 
that Donald Trump strengthened those laws as president. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And talked about how important it was to keep that information out of people's hands who were not supposed to have it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, So. And the other thing I find really fascinating about this is there's a very good chance that there was no, like, trading it to a foreign nation or selling it for anything or whatever. It's entirely possible that it's all just a, like, look what I got. Aren't I special? Look at these documents that I can see, but you can't see them. And it's all just, like, an ego game for him. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, there may be, it may very well be he sold them to somebody, but but we know from the recording that he's totally doing that. Yeah, well, and the thing, the thing about federal prosecutions is that all of those other things that we've kind of heard about and we're like, well, I, I could totally believe that, may or may not be true, but they're not part of the indictment. Not yeah. part of this indictment. Yes. Not part of this indictment. And, and not that we have any shortage of possible future indictments. Right, because there's still a grand there's jury still in D.C. still a grand jury in D.C. Still a grand jury in Georgia. But, uh, but do you know what the conviction rate is? For federal prosecutions, what is the conviction rate for federal? Ninety nine point three percent. Right, which means they're probably a little too conservative. Right, but it does mean actually. I mean, and let's be clear, they were aggressively conservative about making sure they had every little detail. Yeah, figured out one of the reasons why they're likely prosecuting this in Miami is because there's some concern about. Making sure it's in the right uh, venue. Venue to make sure yeah. that because there's a Supreme Court ruling that may be happening over this that might affect that. So they want to make sure they got all their eyes dotted and their t's crossed. Yes, because maybe there's still an attorney out there that Trump hasn't screwed over by not paying them that might help him. Well, so and, and it's funny as Rowley and Trusty, his attorneys up to this point, were like, "Peace out." Yeah. Friday morning. Peace out. Well, he needs a trial. He needs trial attorneys at this point. Well, and he needs Florida attorneys, Florida trial attorneys, because Trusty and and Rowley were not. So you, I, uh, I feel like I'm running into a new episode of Better Call Saul all of a sudden. But it is. Well, you know, lawyer. <laughs> no, no, a criminal lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is. Um, you know, I I think about this a lot because it's easy for us as people who clearly dislike Donald Trump to like hope for this day but uh, the day also makes me sad oh yeah um, also makes me sad also makes me sad that do you know who the judge is who's going to preside over Tuesday's yeah arena? I forget her name but I know it's not Eileen Cannon yes you remember her name from the person who decided to, uh, <laughs> to say there needed to be a special master at the beginning of this yeah where she got such a whooping that's a, its own thing. Whooping. Yes. By the appeals courts for that decision. They're like, I can't believe she's a judge. She was appointed to the, bo- the bench in 2020 on his way out the door by Donald Trump. Um, Although if he manages to get convicted in that court, you know, it's I, well, I don't think it's going to stay with her. I think entirely boss. Yeah, because she's not in Miami. She's in West Palm, which is different. It's totally, totally different. Like. They may as well be it's on another planet. Section, so I don't understand even why it's there, but I'll have to. I, I gather it's because like she has the prior connection to things, something, something. That was my, yeah, was my best guess as well. So I don't know. I we had to touch on it. It's a big deal. Um, obviously, the most uh, rational reaction is to go into social media from Donald Trump and say, 
Okay, everybody. Meet us there on Tuesday at Miami at this courthouse. It's going to be wild, which, of course, he did. Um, which raises a whole other question about the protective order laid down by uh, Judge Juan Marchand of New York that said you cannot, under penalty of, uh, of contempt of court, do anything to incite violence. <laughs> Has he met Trump? <laughs> I mean, but that's a thing here, right? So Donald Trump could end up in contempt or in jail because of these things, not for this case, no. but because of the overlapping uh, prosecutions that are happening in New York. Yeah. Anyway, so today on our back on my back deck, we are drinking Green Torch by Half Acre. Uh, we are at the Half Acre uh, outdoor space on Belmoral the week they released this beer. It was very good then, and it is very good. It now. is a lime lager. I could not. I think the name is dumb. I think the name is dumb because the logo is a snake. That it's has clearly on fire. On, yeah. So, so there's the green torch thing I get, but the snake thing, like, so we fi- like like fire, fire lizard, snake. fire snake, fire, fire li- snake. Yes. That's what yeah. we call it. Fire snake. Yes. It's excellent. Lime lager. It's it's in that Buena Vesa kind of category from Stone Brewing, which I also recommend. Really, really good. Yeah. But this is excellent. Yeah, and it's much better. Like I've had like lime lagers that like is a very fakey, like overly acidic lime, yeah. whereas this tastes like somebody squeezed a lime into my beer. Yeah. So it's it's, it's delightful. It is the best beer I've had talking about Trump being indicted. Bar none. True. True. And yet we'll have many more options to consider. I know. <laughs> I know. So so this is officially the under because when we talked about it before, we said like yes, July whatever is going to be the over-under, and it's the under. Yeah. So uh, now it's the over-under for the second set of indictments from D.C., Okay. Well, then we also have the indictments from Georgia, too. Yeah. Well, so. indictments of Georgia are third week of July. Okay. Because they've said, like, hey, Fonnie Willis has, has kind of said, hey, uh, not uh, not telling you anything's going on, but if I were you, rest of the court, don't have any in-person hearings yeah. in the back half of July. Okay. Yeah, it just could be a little busy. Could be so a little busy. A hot indictment summer, then. There hot we go. Hot indictment summer. All right, y'all. All right. Thanks. So anyhow, thank you for joining us in this uh, podcast postscript. PPS. PPS. Here on the back deck. Yes. A little wine, a little beer, and a little Trump indictment. Exactly. A Trump indictment. Trump indictment. The, the, the best kind of schadenfreude. Yes. Oh, the schadenfreude runs thick. Yes. Anyhow, so, when you listen to this, open a beer. Take a take a selfie cheersing the indictments and uh, send it to us. All right. Thanks, y'all. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.